0: This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.
1: Well, hello there. Well, hello there. Yeah, that's right. This is Kidnappers Kids and this is your great pal Dexter. Welcome to Kidnappers Kids on Radio Kidnappers. The voice of Hawks Bay, would you believe it? That's right, it's the voice. It has wonderful programmes. You should listen to some of the other programmes. They're really great. I like listening to them in my car when I'm very carefully driving and concentrating on the driving. And sometimes I listen to them in the podcasts. And sometimes I even listen to them sitting in a chair at home quietly. It's wonderful. They're really great. There's music, there's stories, there's people talking about all sorts of things and recipes and music. Yeah. But anyway, I'm going to read you a story. Yes, this is a story that we started last week. And just in case, I think I better catch everyone up. And this story is about Happy. Happy is a caterpillar. He is, or they are, Happy the Caterpillar. Hmm. We haven't found out if Happy the Caterpillar is happy yet, but we hope so. So let's have a look. <clears throat> Here we go. Last week I introduced you to a caterpillar, and their name was, and is, as I'm sure I've mentioned, Happy Happy the Caterpillar, a caterpillar who is, ah, happy is happy, and is also called happy, hence the name Happy the Caterpillar. This is the beginning of the story of the epic adventures of Happy the Caterpillar. Ta-da! As promised last week when introducing you to Happy the Caterpillar, we begin the story of the adventures of Happy the Caterpillar and what marvellous adventures they can be. Stay tuned to next week when we will hear more of the exciting adventures, the epic tale of Happy the Caterpillar. If you've got some ideas of some adventures that Happy could go on, please give us a call on... leave us a message on 8788... 710, if you've got some ideas of an adventure that Happy the Caterpillar could go on, that would be really fantastic because we're still trying to work out and Happy's not telling us anything at the moment. Hopefully, Happy will speak for himself sometime next week. So, continuing on, let's have another story from somebody else and this story will actually go somewhere And this story is called Treasure Island, our Jimmy, lad.
0: Many years ago, there lived a young lad named Jim Hawkins. His mother ran a hotel where an old sea captain lived. One day, the old sea captain, named Billy Bones called Jim Hawkins to his side. Jim, me lad, in the old sea chest in the corner
2: of my room, you'll find a map. It's a map of pirate's treasure buried on Treasure Island. I'm too old to ever sail the seas again. Take this map and seek your fortune.
0: It was a wonderful day that Jim Hawkins set sail for Treasure Island. All the men on board were singing a real pirate song. Men
2: on a dead man's chest Joe-ho and a bottle of rum. Fifteen men on a dead man's chest Joe-ho and a bottle of rum. Yo-ho, yo-ho! A sailing be will go. Fifteen men on a dead man's chest Joe ho and a bottle
0: of rum. Captain Smollett, the good captain of the ship, set a course for the South Seas, and what with a blue sky above and a brisk wind to fill the sails, things look fine indeed. The salt air made young Jim a little hungry. So he went below and crawled into a big barrel of apples. He had just picked out a nice red one when he heard voices. So he ducked down and listened.
2: Long John Silver is my name. I'm fear all over the bounding main. I'm a pirate bowl and I steal your gold. Long John Silver is my name. Well, we hearties, just leave everything to old John Silver. As soon as that lad Jim Hawkins gets us to Treasure Island, we'll seize the ship and put an end to them. Aye. <laughs> you may lie to that, me
3: buckles. Oh, we're with you, Long John.
0: Young Jim Hawkins was so scared he held his breath. As soon as Long John Silver and the pirates left, he ran to find the captain.
4: Hi
2: there, lad. What's the trouble?
4: Oh, it's just awful, sir. Long John Silver's planning to steal a treasure, and he said, he said... There, there,
2: Jim. Now, what was it he said?
4: Oh, sir, he said he'd grab the treasure and put an end to us.
2: Don't worry, Jim. We'll take care of Long John Silver. Land hole on the starboard! Treasure Island! Land ho. Fifteen men on a dead man's chest, yo-ho, and a bottle of rum. Fifteen men on a dead man's chest, yo-ho, and a bottle of
0: rum. When the ship reached Treasure Island, Captain Smollett called together the loyal men who were not with the pirates, and they all went ashore in the ship's longboat. As they pulled away from the ship, they could hear the pirates singing,
2: They're out number three to one, two, one, yo-ho, and a bottle of rum. They're outnumbered Three, two, one Yo-ho And a bottle of rum
4: Look, look, Captain Smollett They're going to fire The ship's cannon at us (laughs) Gosh, that was
2: close Stand by to come ashore And take cover in that stockade Just over the hill
0: By the time Captain Smollett And his crew reached the stockade Long John Silver and the pirates Had come ashore And the fight was soon begun All night, the battle raged with the sound of muskets and steel filling the air as they fought for their lives. Jim Hawkins was so tired from loading muskets and passing them to his friends that he thought the day would never end. Finally, by the next morning, Long John Silver and his men gave up the fight and surrendered to Captain Smollett. When Long John saw that he had lost the fight, he tried to make a bargain. Shiver me
2: timbers. Mateys, you fought me fair and square. And to show you I'm not such a bad sort, I'll help you find the treasure.
0: So Captain Smollett and Long John Silver joined forces. And together they set out to find the treasure. When they reached the spot marked on the map, an awful thing happened.
2: Lost my wooden leg. It's nothing but a hole in the ground someone stole the treasure
0: Jim Hawkins felt so bad he almost cried as everyone was about to go back to the ship they heard someone laughing (laughs) when they turned around there stood an old man with a long white beard
4: (laughs) I know where the treasure is who are you? where did you come from? I'm Old Ben Gunn, I'm Old Ben Gunn, the treasure I have
2: found. I'm Old Ben Gunn, I'm Old Ben Gunn, I dug it from the ground. Just follow me and you will see just where the treasure lies. I'm Old Ben Gunn, I'm Old Ben Gunn, the treasure I have found.
0: (laughs) So they followed Old Ben Gunn across the island to a cave where he had hidden the treasure.
4: Captain Smart, it is the treasure! All the gold and silver in the whole world must be here.
2: Aye, that it is, lad. There's enough gold and silver to last us for the rest
0: of our lives. With the treasure safely stored on board ship, Jim Hawkins, Captain Smollett, Long John Silver, and even old Ben Gunn set sail for home. Sailing,
2: sailing, soon we'll be sailing home. We'll take the treasure with us and we never more will roam. Sailing,
3: sailing, all of our men so true
1: we we'll share the pirate's ways each will get what he is due Well indeed, an old Ben Gunn Yes, wasn't he marvellous? Ha, I tell you, he is marvellous I think he likes cheese, don't you? Yes, he does Hmm, right Up next, there's another story Yes, and don't forget if you've got some good jokes, because we always like a laugh here at Radio Cadnappers, you give us a call, leave a message with your fantastic jokes on eight seven one zero. Why did the chicken cross the road? I don't know exactly, but if you've got the answer to that, you let us know, and then I'll tell everyone else. That'd be a great idea. Next up, Tom and Jerry in the Wild West.
5: the mouse was inside his little apartment thinking about how nice it would be if he could go away for a vacation to the seashore or to a lake or to Arizona or Arizona, way out west with her cowboys and Indians and cattle and where Tom the cat wouldn't be around to pick on him. And then Jerry got an idea. Silly as it may sound, he thought of a way of mailing himself to the Wild West. So he tiptoed out to the kitchen. There he found an old cardboard box and taking a knife, he cut out one end of it. He was so busy that he didn't notice that Tom had crept up on him. Tom was so fascinated with what Jerry was doing that he just sat down and watched. Well, Jerry wrapped the box carefully in wrapping paper and tied it with string. Then very lightly he pushed against the paper which covered the place where he'd cut out one end of the box. The paper opened and Jerry crawled right inside and pushed the paper closed again. Tom couldn't believe his eyes. Then Jerry crawled out again and carried the box into the living room. Tom followed right behind. Jerry climbed up onto the desk with his package, picked up a pen and wrote to the post office, Wild West, United States of America. Then he stuck some postage stamps on the package. Placing it on his shoulder, he walked out of the house and headed for the mailbox on the corner. That was the moment that Tom pounced at him and began chasing him. Jerry ran along pretty quickly, but Tom was gaining on him. And then Tom stepped on a banana peel and slipped halfway down the block right past Jerry. But Jerry just had time to get to the mailbox, climb up onto it, and open the package drawer. He threw his package inside and banged the drawer closed. Tom was running back toward the mailbox. Jerry tugged at the handle of the package drawer again. It was stuck this time, but he pulled and pulled and it opened. He jumped inside and the drawer slammed right in Tom's face. Inside the mailbox, Jerry found his package and crawled inside the end just as he had when he grabbed it. He pushed the paper closed from inside and curled up to take a nice long nap. Well, outside, Tom was just getting ready to climb into the mailbox himself when along came the mail truck. The mailman hopped out and emptied all of the letters and packages from the mailbox, including the one which contained Jerry into a big mailbag. And then he drove off again. And Tom followed the truck, running as fast as he could. At the post office, the mailman threw the letters and packages down a big chute. <laughs> The big machine canceled the stamps on Jerry's package, and before long, Jerry was in another bag on another truck and on his way to the airport. Tom followed them again. When they arrived, still another mailman threw the bag containing Jerry and his package into an airplane. Before Tom could sneak on board, the plane took off and left Tom standing there. Then he remembered the address on Jerry's package. There really was a little town named Wild West, way out in Arizona. And Jerry was going there by airmail. Well, a few hours later, the plane was flying over Wild West, Arizona. Since it was a very small town, the plane couldn't stop to leave just one piece of mail, so the co-pilot hooked a parachute onto Jerry's package and propped it out of the plane. Down, down, down it sailed. And landed lightly as a feather on the outskirts of town. But the postmistress came running out and opened the package. Jerry was asleep, so he didn't even notice when she opened the lid of his box. If he had, he certainly would have been scared, because the postmistress of Wild West was a great big grizzly bear. Gertie the grizzly, to be exact. Well, Gertie the grizzly looked down at Jerry and said, Oh, how pretty, a cute little mouse. Well, that awakened Jerry. At the sight of a grizzly bear, he began to stutter. (laughs) Me, why? I'm Gertie the Grizzly, the famous cowgirl. I wear a sombrero, a lasso I can twirl. But I can't go riding, you see, it's mighty tough to find a cow pony what's Husky up. Yes, sirree, Bob, I'm Gertie the Grizzly and I'm postmistress of this here town of Wild West. Say, you don't have to be scared of me, partner. I know I'm pretty big, but I'm oh so gentle. But tell me, what was you doing in this here package? So Jerry told Gertie all about how he got tired of Tom picking on him and how he got the idea of traveling to Wild West by mail. Well, Gertie grinned. She was beginning to like Jerry. Most people were afraid of her because she was so big. But once she told Jerry not to be afraid, he was as friendly with her as could be. Gertie smiled and promised, If I ever gets hold of that vomit Tom, well, I'll fix him for being so mean to a nice little fella like you. Well, just then, they heard another plane. As it got overhead, another parachute dropped from it. But this time, instead of a package at the end of it, there was Tom the Cat. As he got nearer the ground, they saw that he'd pasted a postage stamp over one eye and that he had a tag with an address tied around his neck. Tom had mailed himself to Wild West, too. Well, Gertie told Jerry to run and hide and watch the fun. And running over, she caught Tom just as he was about to land. Welcome to Wild West, partner. Yes, sir. Welcome. Say, how about a nice ride on a real buck and bronco, eh? Well, Gertie carried Tom down to the corral where she kept her horses. And Gertie put a saddle on a mean-looking pony, Placed Tom on top of it and set the bronco loose. Bucked and jumped and bolted and Tom bounced this way and that. He held the reins tightly. It was a miracle he ever stayed in the saddle. And then Gertie gave a real cowboy yell. Well, the bronco gave one tremendous buck and Tom went flying through the air right into a bed of cactus. He leaped up into the air again and landed right on the edge of a gully. He bounced over the edge and went on bouncing, bouncing, bouncing till he hit the bottom. Well, Gertie ran down and looked at the place over his eye where the stamp had been. Hey, partner, you ain't even got a stamp on you. I'm going to have to send you back to where you come from. Well, before Tom could say a word, he tossed him into a mail sack and stuck the sack on top of a pole. And soon a plane came flying by. Gertie signaled to it, and it swooped down. Big Hook reached out of it, caught a loop in the rope around the mail sack, lifted it right into the cabin. Well, the plane screamed up into the sky again and was gone. <laughs> Jerry was laughing so hard he could barely speak, but he managed to thank Gertie. No oh, shocked, hurt, nothing, partner. Say, you hear that music? That's a Saturday night square dance. Say, that's how's about you and me going over and tripping the light fantastic, Huh? So Jerry the mouse and Gertie the grizzly ran off to the square dance and danced and danced until dawn. They looked sort of funny dancing together. Jerry was so small and Gertie was so big, but after a while nobody thought a thing about it. No siree, they're friendly in the Wild West.
1: Right you are, my friends. This is Dexter, your pal, with stories and songs and poems occasionally this time here's another poem from the back of the book called the world of christopher robin by A. A. mill and this one is called waiting at the window these are my two drops of rain waiting on the window pane i am watching here to see which one the winning one will be both of them have different names one is john And one is James. All the best and all the worst comes from which of them is first. James has just begun to ooze. He is the one I want to lose. John is waiting to begin. He is the one I want to win. James is going slowly on. Something sort of sticks to John. John is moving off at last. James is going pretty fast. John is rushing down the pain. James is going slow again. James has met a sort of smear. John is getting very near. Is he going fast enough? James has found a piece of fluff. John has hurried quickly by. James was talking to a fly. John is there and John has won. Look, I told you. Here's the sun. That's that's the end of that for today. Up next we have, oh, not one, not two, but cheap at the price, the Three Little Pigs. To be sure, to be sure, to be sure.
6: Once there was a mother pig who had three little pigs. Often they did not have enough to eat and were at times very hungry. So it was not long until the little pig started out to seek their fortunes. The first little pig met a man with a bundle of straw and said to him,
7: Please, man, give me some straw to build a house. I would like just enough for a small one.
6: So the man gave him some straw and the little pig built a house with it. Presently, along came a wolf and knocked on the door and said, Little pig, little pig, let me come in. The little pig answered
7: No, no, by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin
6: Then I'll huff and I'll puff And I'll blow your house in Said the wolf So he huffed (coughs) and he puffed And he blew the house in Then he carried the little pig To an old barn And locked him in the feed room The second little pig Met a man with a bundle of sticks
4: Please, ma'am He said Give me some sticks so
7: I can build a house
6: So the man did, and the little pig built his house. Two days after it was finished, the wolf came and knocked on the door. Little pig, little pig, let me come in, said the wolf in his sweetest voice. But the little pig answered,
7: No, no, by the hair of my chinny chin chin.
6: And I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house in, said the wolf. So he huffed and he puffed. And he puffed and he huffed, and at last he blew the house in. Then he carried the second little pig to the old barn and locked him in the feed room. The third little pig met a man with a load of bricks, and he said to him,
7: Please, man, give me those bricks to build a house.
6: So the man gave him the bricks, and the little pig built his house. It took this little pig much longer to build his house, for the bricks were heavy and hard to lift. But when it was finished, it was strong. Soon the wolf came along and knocked on the door. Little pig, little pig, let me come in, he said. But the little pig answered,
4: No, no,
7: by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin.
6: And I'll huff, and I'll puff, and I'll blow your house in. So he huffed. And he puffed, and he puffed, and he huffed, and he puffed, and he huffed. But he could not blow the house in. When he found that with all his huffing and puffing, he still couldn't blow the house in, he said, Little pig, I know where there are some turnips. Oh, where? said the little pig. Over in Mr. Smith's field, said the wolf in his sweetest voice again. If you will be ready at six o'clock tomorrow morning, I'll come for you, and we'll go together.
7: I will be ready,
6: said the little pig. Well, the little pig was up at five o'clock the next morning and got the turnips. They were boiling in a pot on the stove when the wolf knocked on the door at six. Here I am, little pig. Are you ready? called the wolf.
7: Ready? Why, I've been to the turnip field and back.
6: This made the wolf very angry. Little pig, I know where there is a beautiful apple tree. Where? said the little pig. Down at Merry Garden. And I will come for you at five o'clock tomorrow morning, and we'll go get some. The next morning, the little pig got up at four o'clock and went for the apples. Of course, he expected to get back before the wolf came, but Merry Garden was farther away than he thought. The little pig was just climbing down the tree when he saw the wolf coming, which frightened him very much. Little pig, you are here ahead of me. Are they good apples?
7: Oh, yes. I'll throw you one.
6: And the little pig threw it so far that the wolf had to run a long way to get it. And the little pig climbed down the tree and ran home. The next morning, the wolf came again and said to the little pig, Little pig... There is a fair over at Shanklin this afternoon. Would you like to go?
7: Oh, yes. I should like to go very much.
6: Fine, said the wolf. I'll stop by for you at three. Of course, you know what happened. The little pig started off before the time as usual. He went to the fair and bought a butter churn. But on the way home, he saw the wolf coming. This time, he was really frightened. The wolf was coming closer, closer, and closer. So he got into the butter churn to hide. But in getting in, he started the churn to turning. Around and around it rolled down the hill. And when the wolf saw this big rolling thing coming toward him, he was terribly frightened, and he ran home as fast as he could. As soon as he could get his breath, he went to the little pig's house and told him how frightened he had been by the rolling thing. The little pig laughed, and he laughed, and he laughed.
7: The rolling thing was just a butter churn I bought at the fair, and I was inside the churn.
6: The wolf was very, very angry. I'm coming down your chimney and get you, and I shall take you to an old barn in Mr. Smith's Field where your brothers are. For three days, I shall have little pigs for supper. little pig could hear the wolf on the roof, so he filled the stove with wood and put a big kettle of water on to boil. In no time the water was boiling. When the little pig heard the wolf coming down the chimney, he quickly took the lid off the kettle and in fell the wolf. The little pig put the lid on the kettle and that was the end of the wolf. The little pig could hardly wait to get to his brothers in the old barn near Mr. Smith's field. There they were, safe and sound, and full of questions about the wolf. When he had told his story, they all decided to live together in a little brick house. And as far as I know, the three little pigs lived happily ever after.
3: It's
1: possibly already the end of February, I think. Well, yes, I think it is. It might be March. Up next, we have Tales of Uncle Remus. Hmm. Running away.
8: Hey, kids. Where are you all going?
4: Down to Uncle Remus to get him to tell us a story. Yes.
8: Johnny, please come and sing us a song on the way. Okay, kids, let's all go down to see old uh, Uncle Remus. Hmm? Hmm. Zippity-doo-da, zippity-eh. My, oh my, what a wonderful day. Plenty of sunshine
3: head my way.
8: Zippity a dee doo dah zippity a mister Bluebird
3: on my shoulder, it is the truth, it's actual,
8: everything is satisfactory. Zippity a dee doo dah Zippity a wonderful feeling,
4: wonderful day.
8: Well, children, I guess old Uncle Remus can scale up a story about Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear. <laughs> well, now, let me see. This here tale is about Br'er Rabbit. And you know, there ain't but one Br'er Rabbit. And believe me, he's the outdoin'est, the most bodacious critter in the whole world. <laughs> well, sir. It seems like Bear Rabbit was tired of living with the folks and decided he was going to run away from his troubles. He was giddy as the lark as he danced along the fence, but he wouldn't have been so happy if he'd have known what he was heading into, for he was walking right into a trap that old Bear Fox had set for him, a rope trap hanging from a little tree by the fence. When anybody stepped in the trap, sing, the rope would catch the poor critter around the leg and pull him right up in the tree, leaving him hanging there helpless, and that's Just what happened to Brer Rabbit as he danced along the fence all of a sudden like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there he was, all wrapped up in that rope, a-hanging and a-swinging twixt the heavens and dirt. Hey, hey, hey!
7: Let me out of this noose! Let me
8: out! First Brer Rabbit was scared he gonna fall, and then he scared he ain't gonna fall. He knows somebody caught him all right, and he sort of specs he knows who that somebody is. And shown up way up on Chickapin Hill where he lived, who should hear the ruckus but old Br'er Fox? And when that old scamp see he done caught Br'er Rabbit, well, he holler out, I got him, I got him, I
7: sure has got him, I got the little rabbit this time for sure, <laughs> I sure has got him.
8: Down old Br'er Fox goes to get his axe sharpened up on the grindstone afore he goes after poor little Br'er Rabbit. Now, Br'er Rabbit being little and without much strength, He's supposed to use his head instead of his foot. And while Brev Fox was up on the hill sharpening up his axe, that's exactly what he's starting to do when he hears old Brev Bear come ambling down the road.
3: Uh, howdy, Brev Bear. How do you do? Brev, what you doing hanging up there in that tree, Brev? Rabbit?
7: i was keeping the crows out of the cornfield. Farmer Brown done paid me a dollar a minute for scaring the crows away from his crops. Gosh. Would you like to make a dollar a minute, Brother Bad? You know you'd make a mighty fine scarecrow.
8: Oh I-,
3: I I couldn't take your job, Brub.
8: Brer Rabbit took another look down the road and coming like the wind on a nasty day was old Brer Fox. So Brer Rabbit act fast. Next thing you know, before you could count the feathers in a robin's tail, Brer Rabbit had talked Brer Bear into untying him from the tree and tying himself up there instead. And now, a hanging and a swinging on the road. Just as happy as could be was big old Brer Bear himself. But next thing you know, old Brer Fox a huffin' and a puffin' like I never seen him was over the hill and a scootin' right up to the trap. But just in time, Brer Rabbit got away. Old Fox he was mad. I uh, I uh, 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 uh. What you in my trap, bad bear?
3: Zip, diddle, I'll
7: fix you, yes indeed, I'm gonna fix you. I'm gonna chop you down. Yes, I'm gonna chop you down. That's just what I'm gonna do.
3: And Brer
8: Fox took his sharp axe and went to chopping at the tree Brother Bear was hanging from. you big fool, catching you in my trap just when I had that little rascal all caught and tied. Well, that time, Real Fox had the tree almost chopped through when...
9: Uh, oops. I guess I must have fell.
8: Then Real Rabbit, who had been hiding behind a tree, started to laugh. Ah! See there? Brer Rabbit done made a fool like you. He tricked you and let him out of my trap.
3: Yeah? Well, I'm just gonna knock you. Hey, please. Oh. No, he ain't. No, he ain't. No, he ain't. You keep out
8: this You keep eye Now He's mine. Then they both let out after Brer Rabbit.
3: <laughs>
8: and Brer Rabbit, who could run faster than either one of them, took his foot in his hand and put out for home. Back to his briar fashion. <laughs> so you see, children, tai ain't no use trying to run away from trouble. <laughs> zip a doo dah zip a
1: I think we need a couple of songs to just... Shake the cobwebs and the dust away Let's start off with Run Rabbit Run and Run around the room Or maybe you could run outside for a moment And have the radio on out there
9: On the farm Every Friday On the farm It's Rabbit Pie Day, so every Friday that ever comes along, I get a birdie and sing this little song. Run, Run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, run, run. Run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, run, run. Bang, 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 bang goes the farmer's gun. Run, rabbit, run, rabbit,
3: run, run, run,
9: run Run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, run, run Don't give the farmer his fun, fun, fun He'll
3: get by without
9: his rabbit pie So run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, run, run Run, run, run Bang, 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 bang Goes the farmer's gun Run, rabbit, run, rabbit Run, 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 run Run, run rabbit, run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, rabbit run, 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 run Run, 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 run Don't give the farmer his fun, fun, fun He'll get by without his rabbit paw
1: how was that then? Lots of running. I don't think it was enough though. I think we need to dance a bit. Don't you? Yes, so do I. Right, let's dance to the party birdie song, chicken dance. We've all got our blood pumping, and we're all awake and alive and feeling great. Let's settle back and have a breather and listen to Aladdin and his magic lamp.
10: Once upon a time, in a land on the east, there lived a poor but very good-hearted boy named Aladdin. Living with his mother, Aladdin did the hardest jobs, went the furthest distances, just to earn their living. One day, he was going far away to get some bananas to sell in the market. Suddenly, he came across a well-dressed man with a beard and a dark look. The man talked, showing the gold in his hands.
9: Hello, my boy. I'm an old friend of your father's. Would you like to win a gold coin?
10: A gold coin? If I picked bananas for the rest of my life, I still wouldn't earn that much money. The man asked Aladdin to go down the hole, under the rock, a little further away, and asked him to do as he said. Aladdin thought that this was a very easy task. Together, they pushed the rock further away and watched as the hole appeared. Being as tiny and as agile as he was, he managed to go through the hole. Inside, he found a very narrow staircase, and down he went. When he made it to the bottom, he saw that the cave was lightened up with an old lamp. He couldn't believe his eyes. Inside the cave were precious stones, gold, and was full of treasure. While still at shock, Aladdin got scared from the voice he heard from up above.
9: LAMP! Have you seen the lamp? Turn the light out and just bring the lamp
10: to me. Out of all that treasure and gold that was lying there, Aladdin couldn't believe that the only thing that the man had wanted was this old worthless lamp. Now, Aladdin was scared. Aladdin took the lamp and began climbing up the staircase. But before he did anything, the man started to yell. Give me that lamp, quickly! Aladdin couldn't understand the man's behavior. First I want to get out of here. If you don't give me the lamp, this instant I will lock you up in this cave forever. At that point, Aladdin knew that this man was up to no good.
9: No, first I want to get out of here. Alright then, you
10: asked for it. Hey stop, what are you doing? Unaware of dropping his ring in the cave, the man pushed the rock back on the hole and left Aladdin there. Aladdin saw the ring on the floor. And as soon as he picked it up and put it on... With a tremendous noise, the cave lit up in a pink cloud, and from the cloud appeared what seemed to be a giant! In fear, Aladdin took a look at the giant. Wish
9: for anything you want. But don't you forget you only have three wishes. I wish to go home. Okay, my boy.
10: With a glimpse, Aladdin was back at home. Seeing her son appearing from nowhere, Aladdin's mum began to scream. Aladdin explained to his mother all that had happened. He told her that he wasn't able to get the gold, but instead was left with this old lamp. Wanting to clean the lamp, Aladdin began to rub it. Suddenly, the fumes coming out of the lamp covered the whole room and a genie appeared from nowhere.
7: Woohoo! Wow, man, I've been trapped in this lamp for hundreds of years and you saved me.
10: Well, wish for anything you want. Stunned and frozen, Aladdin and his mother kept staring at the genie. The genie repeated what he said.
9: Wish for anything you want.
10: Well, in that case, prepare us a table full of delicious food and drinks. All of a sudden, a feast table appeared in the middle of the room, with all kinds of food, fruits and sweets. From that day on, thanks to the magic lamp, anything Aladdin and his mother wished for came true. They were living a rich and happy life. A long time passed by. One day, when passing through the markets, Aladdin saw Princess Jasmine, the king's daughter on a silver throne carried by the soldiers. And he fell in love with her. He went home and told about it to his mum. And his mum prepared a chest full of gold with the genie's help and went to the castle. She told the guards that she had brought a present to the Sultan. Liking the present very much, the Sultan called her to his presence. When she told him about her son's intentions, the sultan asked her to prove her son's wealth and power.
9: If your son wants to marry my daughter, tell him to send me 40 slaves, each carrying a chest full of precious stones, and they should be followed by 40
10: soldiers to
1: protect them.
10: Hearing the sultan's wish... Aladdin's mother turned back home sad because she thought that even the genie would not be able to grant a wish this big. Aladdin picked up the lamp and rubbed it harder than ever and the genie came out. Well, wish for anything you want. Aladdin told him about the Sultan's wishes. The genie clapped three times... And suddenly right beside them appeared 40 slaves with chests full of treasure and 40 soldiers protecting them. The next day, seeing that all he had wished for was right there in front of his eyes, the sultan was very impressed. He wondered how rich Aladdin was.
9: I want my daughter to live in a big and fancy castle. That is the only way I will let my daughter marry you.
10: Aladdin told the Sultan's wish to the genie. Genie granted his wish right away. Aladdin could not believe his eyes. A gorgeous, fancy castle was standing right next to their home. He couldn't believe his eyes. Sultan thought that he could not find a richer husband than Aladdin. Aladdin and Princess Jasmine had a huge wedding that went on for three days. Everybody heard about Aladdin's luck and wealth, but Aladdin and his mother did not say anything about the genie to Jasmine. One day, a salesman came next to Aladdin's castle.
9: I buy anything that's old.
10: Jasmine heard the salesman yelling and thought that if she would exchange the old lamp with a new one, it would make Aladdin very happy. She gave the salesman the magic lamp and got a new one. The salesman was actually the evil man who trapped Aladdin in the hole where it all started. When he got a hold of the lamp, he immediately ordered the genie to move the castle far away with Jasmine in it. When Aladdin returned home that evening, the castle was nowhere to be seen. He knew something very bad had happened. Their old house next to the castle was still standing He ran home right away and found the ring he found in the cave. As soon as he put it on his finger, the giant appeared once again. Wish
9: for anything you want. But don't forget, you only have two wishes left. Take me next to Jasmine
10: right away. As soon as he finished his talking, he found himself in the castle. He hid immediately. His wife Jasmine was serving the evil man. He was holding the lamp in his hands. When no one could see him, Aladdin put the ring back on, and the giant appeared again. Wish for anything you want.
7: But don't forget, you only have one wish left.
10: Let that evil man go in a very long and deep sleep. As soon as he finished his words, he ran next to his wife. Jasmine was looking at the evil man in fear. When she saw Aladdin, she got very happy. Aladdin told Jasmine all that had happened from the beginning. Jasmine listened to him with amazement. Aladdin rubbed the lamp again. The genie appeared.
7: Well, wish for anything you want.
10: Send the civil man so far away that he can never ever find us again. The sleeping man suddenly vanished. Aladdin asked the genie to carry the castle to its old spot. Take us and the castle home. The castle flew in the sky and landed back where it was before. With the castle back in its old place, Aladdin was finally next to his mother again. Aladdin, his mother and the princess lived happily ever after.
1: Well, indeed, there are many treasures in this life and you just got to go and look for them and share them with your friends. That's right, Oh, that sounds very wise, doesn't it? (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious me. Listen now, my friends. I've got one more song, and then that's me for today. I've hoped you've had a fantastic time, just as much fun as I have. Remember, if you've got some stories, or if there's something you'd like on Radio Kidnappers, kids, on Radio Kidnappers, oh dear. Yes, if you'd like something, you give us a call, and leave us a message. Be great to hear from you. You have a fantastic day, and don't forget, be kind to another, and have a listen to. I thought I taught a pretty tat. You did? Oh yes, I thought I taught a pretty tat. Bye bye for now.
4: I'm a little tiny bird my name is tweety pie i live inside my bird cage, a hanging way up high i like to swing upon my perch and sing my little song but there's a cat that's after me and won't let me alone i thought i taught a putty cat a-tweepin upon me i did i tore a putty cat as plain as he could be <laughs>
7: I am that great big bad old cat, <laughs> Sylvester is my name. I only have one aim in life, and that is very plain. I want to catch that little bird and eat him right away. But just as I get close to him, this is what he'll say. I thought I tall a putty cat, a-creeping upon me. You bet he saw a putty cat. That pretty cat is me
4: that pretty cat is very bad he sneaks up from behind i don't think i would like it if i knew what's on his mind i have a strong suspicion that his plans for me aren't good i am inclined to think that he would eat me if he could
7: But I can never catch him It throws me in a rage You bet I'd eat that little bird If I could just get near But every time that I approach This is all
4: I hear I thought I tore a putty cat A-tweeping up on me I did, I tore a putty cat As plain as he could be And when I sing that little song My mistress knows he's back She grabs her broom and wi- Sylvester's back. So listen, you bad putty cat, what's both be friends, you see. My mistress will not chase you if you sing this song with me. Come on now, like a good cat.
7: Oh, all right. Suffering suck a I taught, I, I taught, taught body body. Cat, the pooty cat that creeping up on, on me. me. I, I did, I, I saw a
3: pooty cat.
0: This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.